You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for a new edition of Colt Chanero Chat, the highly anticipated end-of-season show is what we're going to knock out today. I'm Jeremy. I'm joined per usual by Robbie. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Jeremy. Uh, highly anticipated by whom? <laughs> we have legions of fans, Robbie. Scores of listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Sorry, sorry. Was, uh, <laughs> had, uh, um, yeah, excited to actually talk about some... Uh, well, it's exciting to talk about some transfer stuff and squad building and that, but it's also we're we're a little bit in the dark here as to what Atletico plan to do and um what, how they're going to play and and uh, so we'll we'll get into a bunch of that today. Yeah, we're going to crack the knuckles and really get into some of this this stuff here, the nitty gritty. Uh, you wrote a very interesting column that went up on our site yesterday, Robbie, about uh, potential midfield options for Atleti currently playing in. League on, and I do want to talk about how Atletico can best reinforce the midfield. But now that the season is over, I, I guess we can offer a, a brief summation of what we have been watching for the past nine months. Do you feel any relief that the season is over and that there will be uh, no more league action for another two and a half months? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it was. Yeah, once 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 Atletico get got, got ruled out of winning La Liga or, or ruled themselves out or fell out of the title race or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, uh, it was just about finishing fourth then, and um, 
yeah, I, I find it hard to kind of cheer that kind of stuff on. Not because, not because it's not a, a, a nice boost and a nice thing to, to keep an eye on, but at the same time, it was so frustrating watching Atletico losing to so many teams at the bottom of the table and kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And um, yeah, and then uh, just having to suffice with a Champions League spot and that's great and all but yeah it's time to reset refresh and see see where Atletico are going from here yeah uh, in, in some aspects I think only one way but up right <laughs> that's such was the nature mm. of several of these performances this season I mean generally speaking Robbie third place is, is about where Atleti should be most seasons given the uh, the budget constraints given Atleti's financial power relative to clubs like Real Madrid, for example, although you can't really accurately compare the two given where they are in the financial stratosphere. But overall, um, the, the bare minimum is third place, and Atleti couldn't really do much beyond that for a variety of reasons that we spent the entire season talking about. And now kind of what we want to focus on and shift toward is how Atleti can improve, how Atleti can uh, stay comfortably ahead of the chasing pack of uh, Simeone name-checked Sevilla, Betis, Athletic during the season as teams that are catching, La Real as well, as teams that are catching up to Atleti. How Atleti can stay ahead of that pack and perhaps even muster some kind of a title challenge, even though we know uh, Real Madrid are the reigning league and Champions League winners and stand to improve uh, even more this summer. Yeah, and, and I take the point about Atletico's budget and that, but at the same time, it that, that kind of um, Atletico lost to teams that they should be beating this season, and they I get did. that that's a squad issue and a and a depth issue, and and when there's injuries and all, and they do get that, and but I just think that um, yeah, just that. And, and and I do get that winning La Liga would is a kind of a uh, once every. Well, under Simeone, once every maybe five or six years, and and, and he has improved it and Atletico and and put them into the conversation, and um, but at the same time, I would have liked to see a, a a little bit of a more concerted plan, and uh, I, uh, to to have stayed in the title race for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I understand that a lot of that comes down to squad depth and injuries and, and having the players available to you that, that the likes of Real Madrid uh, or not sorry not having the players that Real Madrid have but uh, yeah I just would have liked to see yeah I, I think my issues with with, with the semi with, with last season were A um, the fact that um, Atletico didn't really have I don't know what they're, they were trying to do for most of the season mm-hmm. what are they exactly um, and are, are they like a team that sits deep and counters are they a more progressive team uh, the fact that they don't develop young talent is, is an issue that, that, that bothers me yep. um, and yeah, I just would like to see a more coherent strategy rather than uh, like a, a kind of a situational approach whereby Atletico need to win four games or five games just uh, just um, 
batten down the hatches and hope for the best. You know, it's it's kind of it's not all that for me. That's not that interesting. And I know that it's all about winning and all that kind of stuff. But I would like to just see a more coherent strategy and a, and, a, and, a, and a tactical system that Simeone actually believes in, rather than this kind of going with three at the back and then going back to four at the back and then uh, uh, just a load of different um, tactical systems. So yeah, that's that's kind of partly what I would like to see them fix this summer. Figuring out what kind of team they want to be, and and that seeps from the administrative, from boardroom level down to the playing field, down to how Simeone is is going to transmit this to the players. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot at stake this summer, and as we saw a couple of weeks ago, Andre Berta, the club sporting director, said not to expect big signings, not to expect anything major uh, in the way of uh, a serious financial outlay that they want to maintain most of this squad, the spine of this squad, there are probably going to be a few departures here and there. I mean, there are a bunch of rumors floating around. This is a tough time of year because it's before any international tournament. The season's just ended uh, and, you know, people want blood, right? <laughs> they smell blood in the water and it's really open season right now in, in terms of rumors. The first guy I want to ask you about, Robbie, is Angel Correa because in the past 10 days or so, there's been quite a bit of talk in the Madrid press about Correa possibly being unhappy with his role and maybe seeking an exit this summer. What would you make of the team's top scorer this year possibly moving on? Yeah, I think it would probably make sense for him at this stage in his career. Um, I think we tend to be really optimistic about um, about players during the summer and we think we, we, we like to as humans just in general like to think the, the, the most of the most optimistic outcome and think oh no this is going to be Correa's year but it hasn't happened for him so far he's turns 28 next season and he's just a player that's not quite there uh, and, and he 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 probably deserves to be a starter somewhere and, and, a, and a focal point somewhere rather than being starting some games and then dropping and out of team out of the team and then kind of being forgotten and you know and, and, and I know that that's kind of situational in terms of um, Atletico being down a goal and needing something to change it up and that, that that's an issue again with the tactics but um, I just don't see how he can ever turn into the guy that he probably wants to be and deserves to be, um, so like he's probably the kind of player who can score fifteen goals for uh, Sevilla, for example, just a tier slightly below Atletico, mm. um, unless he, he he's happy with the role um, with a role with the role of being kind of a super sub backup striker guy who injects a bit of something into the team. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what his motivations are. He's been at the club since 2015 uh, and he has a a contract until 2026. So I don't, not entirely sure that Simeone would be all that keen to sell him if the money isn't going to be put directly back into replacement. But having said that, Atletico's attacking options are really quite good. when when you look at how well Cunha played, it looks like he's going to become a, a key player next season. Um, Joe Felix, obviously, and um, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It depends on what what's motivating him, what kind of an offer comes in, and whether or not Simeone is willing to part with him 
in the knowledge, safe in the knowledge that he's going to be replaced rather than selling him for forty million, and then not bringing anybody in. Mm-hmm. The the club does seem to want a forward at any rate, someone to at least replace the outgoing Luis Suarez. Well, Correa, it's a really kind of weird story because he just renewed that contract, Robbie, in January mm. to twenty twenty six. So if he does want to try to force an exit, and I'm not saying this is what he's thinking or what he's going to do. He doesn't really have a whole lot of leverage. He did just extend the contract, which kind of makes me think, in addition to Correa's attitude, he's always been pretty humble and selfless, and he's always accepted this kind of role. Um, It kind of makes me think that this is something not necessarily planted by the club, but it's something that would align with the club's financial interests and generating money for for further transfers because as we've established throughout this season Atletico have several needs and we're going to talk a little bit more about them on this edition of the show exactly yeah and an offer came in uh, a couple of years ago for him that was over what what you would expect to get from him and yeah uh, like 55 million or something like that and and I think that um it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, if you're going to, he he's more of like a number number a second striker, right? But behind the, the striker depends on exactly what. And this comes down again to squad building and what exactly Atletico are trying to be next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you buy a variety of players and and try to, and 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 mix and match them depending on the situation, or do you go all in on a, on a specific style and. Um, and 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 build a squad for that, um, and that's probably why they really like Griezmann because he can do it all and he can play in somebody like as good as Correa is. He is quite uh, uh, limited in terms of what he's good at. He's really good at, but he's not going to uh, do do. He's not going to link play as well maybe as a Griezmann or, or a Joe Felix. So. Mm. Uh, if yeah, and and back to what you said, this might be a nice way to maybe a guy with a contract, a twenty-seven-year-old coming off his best season with a contract till two thousand twenty-six. If a club wants to buy him, they're probably going to have to offer forty or fifty million. And I think, and I wonder if Atletico got offered that, would they say no? And uh, I would say he is the exact type of player who is dispensable in this team. In mm. that, like I said, he's good at specific things but he's not um he doesn't seem to fit in with what direction Atletico are heading in my issue is that he's just so inconsistent Robbie like he started this season in such fine form with four goal contributions in the first three games Griezmann comes back his minutes get cut which isn't really fair to him he goes on a three-month goalless drought he comes back to start 2022 scores seven goals in nine games including that halfway line lob against Villarreal in January and then he goes cold again. Final 400 minutes he played this season, he scored just one goal, and that was on the final day. So I kind of think, part of me thinks that maybe this is as good as it gets for Correa, who is a very talented player, has been a very important player for the past three seasons, as he's pretty greatly improved from what he was before 2019-2020. But I don't know just how high the ceiling is. Maybe this is as, as good as it gets for him. Yeah, exactly, and um, uh, yeah, like like you said there. I mean, that's um, uh, the inconsistency. But then I would also ask the question: 
who at Atletico was consistent last season and where Fair is enough. this problem coming from <laughs> yes. is it a mentality issue is it a is it, is it an issue with the tactics changing so often uh, is it a motivational issue um, and, and this is what, what we tried to get to um, during the season we, we just obviously couldn't but because uh, we don't know but I just wonder if this malaise continues into the next season and if it does what happens because the yeah it, it's been kind of going on now for a while and there's and I've said it in the past that then there's a Champions League game where everyone gets really excited and then all of a sudden it's kind of just back to losing to Mallorca yeah. and not knowing why you know we have to uh, um, we have to just kind of keep it together here and keep going and you're sitting there going like but this keeps happening like mm-hmm. what's going on you know and I, I don't know what the answer to it is so I, I, I the consistency issue yes and this has been a, a trait uh, uh, um, in Korea's game for longer than it's been happening to Atletico Madrid players in general but I just wonder playing for Simeone for so long a lot of players tend to get burnt out the only one that seems to not have is Koke <laughs> and he's just uh, he just keeps going but like you look at the likes of Saul as well who just you just need a change you know and um I wonder if that's the same with Correa, and I wonder if Atletico think that, and I wonder if Correa himself, despite the fact that he renewed, I wonder if he thinking the same. Maybe if he gets a, if if the right offer comes in, and maybe they're all maybe all three part or the club, Correa and whoever, whoever whatever buying club might come in. Maybe Correa and Atletico are in agreement on that, and like look, I want to stay, but if the right offer comes in. We'll, we'll think about it and they're open to whatever happens yeah that's the sensation I'm getting from reading the reports in Marca and Diario As and elsewhere that neither party really wants to neither wants this to happen um, I think Atleti at boardroom level might want it to happen more than Correa but uh, I, don't, I don't think it's likely that he leaves but it's it's worth mentioning because it, it's being talked about it's on the it's on social media it's in the papers uh, if Correa goes and even if he doesn't uh, it seems like Atleti are determined, or at least letting it filter out that they're determined, uh, to bring back Alvaro Morata, Robbie, at least for preseason. Uh, and if they don't get the right offer, his contract's up in 2023, you just hang on to him for next season. What would you make of an Alvaro Morata comeback? A revenge tour? I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that at all, actually. In terms of what, what, what I've seen him bringing to the table at... Um, at for Spain under Luis Enrique and the high pressing and his I mean when you look at his statistics on on uh, football reference his, his pressing is out of this world um, and, and, and I just wonder if he is the exact kind of player and, and then you, you rely then on um, and then you rely on um, uh, Joe Felix and, and uh, Rodrigo de Paul to chip in and, and kind of uh, guide you to glory then I know Morata is a little bit of a kind of a, a sneer that figure in um, in in Spanish football and and just in general, given the fact that he's moved around and he and he keeps on um, he never seems to be able to find his his where he his forever home. <laughs> but at the same time, he, he he you know the way like players generally they go to at uh, Real Madrid, not good enough there. They go to. 
someone in the Premier League like uh, Spurs not good enough there then they start and they just kind of keep on dropping down and they like the Peter principle so they get to their level and that's exactly where they say Morata is going has been moving around to the biggest clubs in the world now for a good few years he's been at Madrid Chelsea Juventus Atletico Barcelona are linked and I just wonder the guy is doing something right <laughs> and uh, I, I, I just wonder if he might have a place in 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 Simeone's plans if they do plan on kind of playing in a more in intense aggressive style I think it could work out in the sense that it wouldn't really impede Mateus Cunha's progress and that is for me one of the top stories to watch next year is just how good is Cunha going to be um, is he a guy who can get Atletico 20-25 goals in all competitions if he is that means they can challenge for trophies feasibly theoretically at least they can challenge for trophies if they have a striker who is that kind of reference point. Morata is a better support striker than a guy who can lead the line. Um, I, I think he's probably, his agent is a better representative for his skills than the player himself because uh, he just gets linked to all these big clubs and moves to all these big clubs uh, without ever really, in a sense, making a name for himself at any of these clubs. Um and that, that's not to say he's a bad player. He's been a, a key player under Luis Enrique for Spain. That's the one coach who seems to believe in him more than anybody else. And some of his underlying metrics on football reference, which I'm looking at right now, in terms of his pressures, in terms of some of the defensive work required from his Simeone forward, it wouldn't be a bad fit. Um, mostly because I don't think it would really get in the way of Cunha's development and João Felix's development in the sense that signing a Raul de Tomas, in the sense that signing a Lautaro Martinez or a Darwin Nunez would. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if... Um, the, the, the Darwin Nunez question, I saw him when he played for uh, Al Maria, wasn't it? He, was, he went yeah, to Al Maria. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he was at Al Maria for, for, for a year or two, uh, um, about two or three years ago, before he moved on to play with Benfica and he um, yeah like I mean I don't know I think the question with him is his link up play and that and he's a good like pure nine but like we're, we're, we're talking here about something what exactly like I don't know if there's a team in La Liga with as many questions about what direction they're trying to go in than Atletico Madrid and um, because the four four two low block isn't sustainable, we know that. But what do they do, and and how do they build that? So everything is uh, uh, contingent on exactly what Simeone wants, how he wants to do, and how committed he is to that. Um. Because. Because if he is planning, say for example, to, to move after next season or. He's going to manage another club, and and at some point, and I just wonder, I just wonder, he needs to evolve, um, and 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 I just wonder, does he need to, maybe, just stick with a a a, a more attacking style, um, for a full season in order to, to to work out those wrinkles, because you never actually get a chance to fully understand where it is that's going wrong and that and I understand that Atletico are just win at all costs and that's it but I just wonder does Simeone 
at some point have to go all in on, on a specific way of playing. I mean, it, it's been 11 years. The answer to that is probably no. And some of the the stats bear this out, bear out what you're saying, that Atletico uh, are kind of, from a, a schematic, strategic, tactical point of view, that they're kind of average in attack. I'm looking at stats from some data visualization from The Analyst right now, theanalyst.com, and Atletico's um, passes per sequence from last season, around three and a half passes per attacking sequence. That's That was sixth in La Liga. Sequence time uh, is about about average, well below Madrid and Barcelona, which means they have the ball more. Madrid and Barcelona have the the longest sequence time, which means they have more possession. Uh, in terms of attacking speed, direct speed, Atletico are about average. Teams like Alavest, Mallorca, Athletic were toward the top of that table. Atletico, I think, were ninth. So, yeah, Atletico have done a better job in recent years of holding the ball, um, of generating more neat passing sequences holding the ball a bit longer and a little bit more effectively but yeah the given the the names in this attack and given how long Simeone's been here there hasn't it's been a very slow gradual change and in, in, in several ways Atletico are still pretty average in terms of attacking in terms of the the offensive style yeah and I'd love to see the, the, the variance in that because it's all either one or the other and I think that the, the passes for sequence and things like that are, are, are great and and then and, and obviously I love stats and, uh, but I think you need to add context to that in that Atletico, a lot of Atletico sequences um, and, and their build up is just too slow and I yeah, wonder how they change that and, and well I know how to change it, or I know the basic idea about changing it. You have to take more risk. And the problem with Atletico last season was, as soon as they took risk, they got opened up, and they then they, the, the, the defence didn't know what they were doing, and Felipe lunged in, and that, that happened time and time again, and All Black was completely exposed. So in order to progress the ball better, you have to have assume more risk, and but then also be able to... Uh, defend in transition so that you're not just completely sliced open um, and that's exactly what they have to do and, uh, but how do they do that? There's a hundred different ways they can do that uh, who, who do they buy in order to improve them both at the back so to make sure that they don't get opened up but also someone that has the mentality and, 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 and uh, that fits the style that will open up the um, the the, the opposition defences by assuming more risk um, yeah and, and I think but at the same time I think to be fair to Simeone if Trippier doesn't go if Marco Llorente is fit that was the outlet that was what their plan was mm-hmm. and that would have go down that right hand side with Trippier's creativity from there and his, his, his crossing and that that was the plan but Trippier left Llorente then had to so you're ruining two positions and I think that Atletico need to scout smartly, buy wisely, and 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 create competition with players that Simeone trusts and 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 has no problem playing if something happens to them. So Trippier gets injured. Who do you who's without ruining the entire makeup of your team? Who do you have to go there? Um, like a like a ready-made uh, fullback, and obviously. He's probably not going to be as good as your first choice, but someone who Simeone trusts instead of having to kind of rob Peter to pay Paul, things like that. So uh, yeah, I just um, I just wonder 
this all fits into a big uh, 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 kind of a a broader picture as to how Atletico are going to attack this summer and yeah there's a lot of pressure on them to to get it right Mm -hmm. Um, one thing Atleti under Simeone do continue to excel at Robbie is keeping shots and opportunities down from open play Atleti conceded the fewest open play shots of anyone in La Liga this season with 230 from 38 games and yet they still add in 43 goals so is is this, is one of the solutions you were talking about is one of them as simple as Jan Oblak just needs to be better and if Jan Oblak is better Atleti are right back toward the top of La Liga and competing in the latter stages of cup competitions is it really that easy? Well apparently yes but that also means that he has to believe in the players in front of him he has to Atletico can't be opened up as much and I, and I understand what you're saying and I wrote an article in the middle of last year about how their shot, the shots were down and uh, they do tend to keep the shots at a minimum but the problem is is that the shots that they do give up are pretty pretty wide open and that's the issue and, yeah. and then you have a mentality issue that comes into it then when they do go down what happens are they capable like for example if you saw Liverpool uh, this season at all like they, they, they went 1-0 now it's not ideal obviously you don't want to go 1-0 down but it, like Atletico went or sorry Liverpool went 1-0 down on a number of occasions this season and they were just like we're going to score three goals there and it was like they they knew or, and the opposition knew they were just this is going to be uh, they're going to bombard us here until they get that goal whereas with Atletico it's we saw this so many times that season where they go a goal down or they're they're tight they're locked in a nil all battle and they're so afraid of going for it that the opposition are looking going they don't really believe here mm-hmm. and uh, and as the game takes on Atletico get more desperate they get a little bit more nervous and all of a sudden they get hit on the break and that's it game over so um yeah it's just a, it's a, it's a, it all ties into it i mean all black obviously has to be better but a, a better back four a more consistent back four uh atletico need to be better in transition defensively and um yeah they need to not put him in situations where he's, he's being exposed like he is and um and that would definitely go a long way to help to solve a lot of the problems mm-hmm if Atleti can make a big sale or two, at least that is what the claim is. That's what the club is insisting. One or two big sales means they can more easily reinforce the defense and the midfield. Uh, how do Atleti make the most of a potential Renan Lodi sale, Robbie? It seems like this is something that is on track to happen. Newcastle want him. Fee is being discussed between 40 and $50 million. Uh, It probably won't go up to 50 Probably closer to 40 would be the final figure. Uh, but how do Atleti really ideally reinvent this defense in front of Oblak to prevent another season like this from happening for him? Yeah, again, it's um, it's Lodi is kind of one of those players who's in between. He's neither a pure fullback and he's not a pure wingback. So in order to play him at left back, you have to have someone that's defensively more solid. And Reynaldo obviously came and took his place there. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise all things being equal he's not starting ahead of Yannick Carrasco either so he's kind of in between being a fullback and a left wing back good for depth but I mean if Atletico can get anywhere near 40 million for him you'd be taking that and running like mm. 
I, I, I know a fair few people on social media who would disagree with that. But I, I understand the, the rationalization totally. Like, Lodi's been here three years. He was a, a routine starter in his first season, but it hasn't really made the cut for Simeone's best 11 the past two years. It's a World Cup year. He wants to play. He's not an essential player. And Atleti can make a profit on him. I think on one level, you're loath to lose a 24-year-old Brazil international with as much skill and talent as he has, but it doesn't seem like he's going to put it all together under Simeone. So with that in mind, one option becomes pretty clear. Sell him. Yeah, and, and that's 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 another point in that I think he can be very, very good for another manager, but under mm-hmm. Simeone and in this context, I don't think he's ever going to reach the heights that he... He, he, like if you played him at Barcelona, for example, I think he could do a lot better because like he's he's got the pace, he's got the delivery, uh, he wants to get forward, and for what you lose defensively, it, he makes up in it. But at the same time, Simeone's never going to play him as a pure left back um, for a long period of time in order to and and give him the freedom to push forward. It's kind of constantly going to be this this kind of fight between. Lodi's natural instincts and what Simeone is asking for him and then you just get a player who ends up being kind of stuck in no man's land mm-hmm. which is which is what happened to, 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 to Lodi in that so a different context and Lodi could be excellent but I think I don't think he's ever going to achieve that under Simeone given the constraints put on him at left back I have this recurring dream slash fantasy Robbie that Atletico once they sell Lodi go and use some of the funds on Jose Gaia and I get I get very excited. Another player who more solid defensively, but is is he going to be given the freedom to go and do what he does best under um, Simeone? He he does actually have the kind of a style of a player that would be more suited to Simeone. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder, I wonder uh, what he what. Uh, how how Simeone would use him and what kind of restraints he would put on him. Yeah, I think it depends on the formation, definitely. Uh, as you mentioned, Reynildo's arrival was immensely important for a couple of reasons. It solidified the team's defense when it needed it most, helped them finish third in the end. Um, but it also gives Simeone more flexibility. Uh, he can play a 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2. Reynildo as a third center back was just massive, completely wiped out that portion of the pitch. Um and that would allow more freedom for a, a fullback, a wingback to go forward. Like, can Gaia play wingback? Can anyone at Letty recruit as a potential Lodi replacement? Are they capable of playing in both systems? Because that's what's probably going to be required. Exactly. And then, do you, do you, do you, and, and then if they don't, for example, if Lodi misses, if Atletico play two or three games on the bounce where they have to play four at the back and he opts for... Uh, Hermoso's probably gone, but he opts for a more defensive-minded left-back. Is is Lodi able to come straight back into the team and assume his responsibilities when they do switch back to a more attacking, say, a 3-5-2 or, or whatever it happens to be? And, and this is where I, I come back again to the fact that Simeone needs to decide what he's actually doing and build a squad around that and have two players... Because... Well, well, there's 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 not that many players that can play in two positions, um, equally as good. You're 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 getting a trade off if if a player is versatile, um, barring a, a handful. Like there's there's only a few that can actually make it work, so, and and Atletico obviously don't have the funds to go and be buying 
someone like uh, obviously Lucas Hernandez or someone like that who's absolutely rock solid defensively and is a flyer on on the wing too it's someone like that and and these players are elite and this is why Bayern Munich are coming after them so what happens is you end up with and and Simeone ends up having to use Reynildo who's defensively quite good but a little bit of a liability and Lodi who's attacking a proper winger or uh, uh, offers you plenty going forward but then he's he's, he's not going to uh, contribute as much defensively and you're left with kind of two and then there's uncertainty over who's the actual starter and whether or not uh, it depends on what you need and yeah so uh, there's only a handful of those players that are able to do that without a massive trade-off mm-hmm. and Atletico this is Atletico need to go and find one there's a guy called Jonathan Klaus yeah from Lens Lens and Atletico have been linked to him and now I haven't really seen him playing not really I haven't seen him playing but the guy has like um, the guy has like something like is it 14 assists or something? Yeah, 11 assists uh, in league on last year. Five oh, yeah, goals, five goals, 11, 11 assists. 11 assists that season. Like, like the, I think he's second or third in league on for for assists. Yeah, behind and, some, uh, behind some guy called Messi. Yeah, that's yeah, not bad. Is up there too. Like, <laughs> like this is, and I'm not playing for a club who are, who 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 are particularly uh, amazing. So, and he's and he scored five goals as well. So. Uh, yeah, someone like that maybe, but yeah, it's um, and he actually fits. He's thirty nearly. He's gonna be thirty. Yeah, soon, he's so. got a year left on kind his contract. Player. He's twenty nine. Yeah, I, I, I looked at some of his metrics on FB Reference and like some really wild underlying shot creating and goal creating numbers for him from his position. And he has experience in a three five two and a four four two. That's the kind of signing that Atleti need to be eyeing, especially with him being in the last year of his contract. Yeah, that's the kind of player that. Atleti should be scouting and trying to acquire. Exactly, yeah, and and these are the kind of players who obviously it might not work out. He's played for, he, he and you wonder if he's thirty now and he's only played for Kuvegi Rouen in League Two, Armenia in the Bundesliga Two, Armenia yeah for two seasons and then Lons in in League One and and for two seasons and they finished seventh in both. What what's if he's he's making if he's creating those kind of if he's um, uh, putting up those kind of numbers, what's going on here? Has someone missed? Uh, has someone just completely missed out on uh, Mister Klaus, <laughs> or are are we geniuses? <laughs> no, I, well we we can't be because we didn't even we're not the ones who mentioned them. But uh, right. <laughs> yeah, like, he, right. he's he, he's the kind of player that you could buy, and then he could end up just completely disappearing. And this is why you need Simeone all in on these guys, and and to yeah. have a, a big say in who he wants, and and to and 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 this is actually back to a question about or. You were talking earlier about uh, the money and stuff like that, and and I completely get that. And and I, but and I, and I've been thinking a lot about um, Kylian Mbappe and the Real Madrid thing and all that. So they've got I don't know how many million euro now that they're not going to spend on Mbappe's wages over the six years of his contract or whatever. Oh, this geez, is a, a massive opportunity yeah. for Real Madrid, and I understand that at the very, very top of the game, it's about money. I'm, I'm not saying it's not about money, and I'm I'm not saying even below it. 
top tier it's, it's not about money it is largely about money mm-hmm. but I just I think I think some of, uh, someone in the an analysis uh, data analysis um, community put up a tweet the other day saying about how clubs don't actually really understand um, the uh, the low hanging fruit that they can pick by 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 just having a team of uh, data analysts, data scientists, and it's it's not that expensive. And I just think Atletico and and, and Spain in general, data analytics has been a, has been really slow to come in to this country. Mm. And the top teams don't even have analytics departments. And, and I understand that we can lean too heavily on them. And this isn't like an an, an evangelist tirade or uh, about data analytics. But I think it can. It's 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 an easy one. So, for example, you have um, a million euro, okay, per year. Put that into a data analysis department for guys scouting and, and buy top class data from Statsbomb, um, Opta, and wherever else. Okay, a million euro, and this is kind of what Sevilla are doing. Now, I don't know how heavily they lean on the data, but you put a million euro in, and then. With, with, with your 50 million euro you buy five players in league one because Monchi has spoken about how league one is is like a gold mine for players because it's really competitive uh, they focus high, heavily on development and it translates well to la liga okay league one you have 50 million euro and you buy five players for for 10 million each or three players for 15 million each whatever and and then you you flip them like we're seeing right now with Sevilla for 70 million when the players are at their at their highest value and then you and then you've got your so you turn you, you flip Kunde and 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 Diego, Diego Carlos for 100 million yeah you take your 30 million you invest that into the club in different areas or 20 million and then you take your 80 million and you buy five, eight or or six 15 million players and and you, and you repeat that and it's an excellent business model because if you're not going to be competing anyway why not have a model where you develop players and you can you, you become self-sustainable instead of what Atletico are doing for example where they they buy 30 year olds with not like like with no sell on value and they're just fun, constantly fighting a fire like um and and that's the feeling you get and and uh, personally and i understand that i am more that i do lean towards the data analytics side of things so i'm going to say this but i i find it more interesting then as well and i know that Cerezo and, and the, the board directors aren't really too worried about it being interesting they want to win and i get that but i just think that it makes more sense and and i think there's less risk involved when you're buying like you buy Daniel Voss, for example, and I understand that it wasn't a massive amount of money that they bought him for. He's 33. You spent 2.7 million euro on him in the winter. And I know what you were trying to do. You, you, again, you were fighting a fire that, that had been created. But It was a fire they made themselves, though. By, and by, why don't by you selling Trippier. Forget about this season. No, no, see, this is the problem because we're fighting the fire. Right. Forget about this season and put that 2.7 million and build a world class data analytics, uh, data science, data analytics department in your club. Buy the best data, hire, hire a couple of the best good guys, five or six video scouts, whatever, and, and go from there. Um, 
and then you develop players and and I know that 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 it's kind of a it's almost like a derogative term calling a club like Osevee or a selling club and all this I think their their model when when you're fighting against state run clubs anyway why not go about it in this way rather than trying to fight them because if you're going to try and fight them for money like Real Madrid are doing and this is kind of back to their point you, you have absolutely no chance and, and Diego Torres uh, from El País spoke on the second captain's podcast recently and he was talking about how Real Madrid are trapped inside the Kylian Mbappe story this idea that this one guy is going to is going it's it's like a it's like a fairy tale he's going to come in and he's going to do this and that and it's 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 madness instead of buying five really 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 good players with the money that you were going to give him and i understand that i don't get the marketing side of things and the commercial side of things but right. why not do that rather than trying to fight these guys in the way why don't you get smart yeah, you need Obviously. you need any leg up you can find against the clubs in England because the TV rights deals are just like night and day. I don't know if you saw that that thread on Twitter the other day from the Financial Times reporter who wrote a, a, a smaller story about this, but it was a really illuminating Twitter thread on how the Premier League's TV deal yes. is going to generate nearly four billion quid next year. La Liga is going to generate yeah. generate about half that. So you need any yeah. advantage you can get in data analysis and analytics and sports science. That's the, that's the exact way to do it. And yeah, the, the, it's, it's Sevilla's selling club, et cetera. That, that's the, the narrative, the talking point. But it's, as we've seen, it's a pretty sustainable model. It's a team that's won the Europa League six times in 15 years. And they've kind of deviated from the past couple of years by targeting older players with little resale value. And I think Monchi is realizing that that's not quite the right way to do it. Atletico haven't really realized that one way or the other, and that is a problem. Do they want to be a team that snaps up 21, 22, 23-year-olds and develops them? Do they want to be a team that acquires players toward the end of their peaks so they get the, the final years of their prime out of them and then, you know, because flags fly forever, right? Um, just win as much as you can with players toward the end of their primes. What team do Atleti want to be? This is what we keep asking, and it doesn't seem like they know, given the the number of players that they're being linked to this summer. It doesn't seem like they have it clear one way or the other, and that is that needs to be resolved. Exactly, and and this is actually that's part of why I've been thinking a lot about this. So you get Bubukar Kamara, for example, yep. and and he's got the option between Atletico and Aston Villa, and Aston Villa just wipe the floor with and I and and this is it's 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 obviously partly down to wages but Atletico were a Champions League club how could they not convince him and and this mm-hmm. is back to creating something that people want to be a part of and 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 and, and I'm not saying it's not about money because it is it is essentially about money at the end of the day if you offer a guy a million euro uh, a 3 million euro a year or 1 million he's going to pick 3 million I'm not saying that. I'm talking when, when the when 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 it, it's more equal. Do you want to be a club where where a player will go and say, "I want"? Like you look at Liverpool now, and I understand that Jurgen Klopp is a phenomenon, and he's got so much charisma that anyone would want to go and play for him. But if you're if you're if you're picked, and I know that Liverpool are at the very top of the game now too, but if you if 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 Liverpool pick you to come and sign for them, you'd nearly you'd nearly go there and work for free. Like not <laughs> no, you wouldn't, but like they're they're so good at what they do, and 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 they've created something that people want to be a part of. And 
Diego Torres said that he was talking about how there's so much money involved in the game now that players aren't really as much as looking they're not really looking at it from a financial point of view and they are but it's gone a little bit further than that and you saw Kevin De Bruyne using an analytics company to find what's the best fit where's the best fit for me to as Diego Torres said create art with my football Mm. and this is what players want to do now create something that people want to be a part of develop young players and then okay you're not going to and, and Atletico are caught up in this um, in this I, this if Real Madrid are caught up in the Kylian Mbappe story Atletico Madrid are caught up in the in, in the in the, tro- in the trophy story where they're just they're just they'll win at all costs and it's like okay I get that but how sustainable is this and I, I understand that winning a trophy is an incredible thing that the fans will never forget and that needs to be the end goal but at the same time you're looking at it going is this sustainable the people there's so much ego involved in, in this and so much money involved in that that Atletico are never going to willfully say okay guys let's just back off here we got close enough and they're not but it's going to take catastrophe and there's going to be a, uh, some kind of a collapse uh, whether that be when Diego Simeone leaves or during his reign there has to be a breaking point here because they can't compete and why not get smart now before the collapse comes uh, rather than waiting for the collapse and then saying well we, we gave it a go for as long as we could and now we're back to square one and I just think that um, it's it's uh, I, I think we're getting to that point now with football in, in many ways because it's just uh, and, 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 and I understand that fans the Champions League is still a massive thing but it's getting to the point now where fans are actually starting to engage in another way in that there's many leagues within leagues so Real Betis aren't fighting for La Liga they're fighting for Europe and that's their mini league and they're kind of trying to enjoy football in a different way and uh, yeah it's uh, something that I, I, I and, and, and this is actually all part of why I'm so critical of Simeone because they don't develop players and not just Simeone the club in general because a lot of the signings don't really make that much sense in a long term view and for what you do maybe get for example Daniel Voss for what you might have gotten for him for six months you're better off just saving your money and promoting so, promoting someone from within because now what you're left with is Daniel Voss let me see here Daniel Voss on a contract until uh, until uh, through next year uh, until next year so you've got another year of, of, of him on a contract um, and and What's, is he really going to move the needle for Atletico Madrid next season? No, they're probably going to terminate his contract, honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and we're talking about it was, it was a waste signings of money. and different things like that. I mean, that's 2.7 million euro, and I know we've become a little bit um, desensitized to the amounts of money being talked about, but, like, 2.7 million euro is a lot of money. But, yeah, but for pretty much any club that isn't a giant state-runner sponsored club, that is a... That's a, a fee you don't want to part with for nothing, and that is practically what Atletico did in the Voss deal. And it comes back to what we've been saying about, um, and what you've been uh, saying quite eloquently, Robbie, is that Atletico don't really know how the team that they want to build. Like, are they going to make more signings like Cunha last year? Are they going to make more signings like Zhao Felix? Or are they going to bring in more players like Griezmann or Voss or, or extend Felipe's contract, which is a really uninspiring decision. Really uninspiring decision. Mm. 
Yeah, and and, uh, and and this is they're probably thinking we need to make hay now while Simeone is still here because he's not going to be around forever. And I do get that, and I'm not saying just oh stop trying to win. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that. Yeah, but Simeone won't be, be here forever. You need to yeah, build a I, I system just think, that I is just sustainable. Think football, and I've, I've been around journalism enough now, and I've seen enough at different clubs to know that, or, or to 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 kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit to see that a lot of the decisions being made in 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 in, in these clubs and and and. You think, oh, they're so smart, they've got a plan. They, they, they really, a lot of them don't. And I'm not saying that <laughs> they don't. in particular about Atletico. But, like, no, I mean, Barack Obama in his book, he was talking about when he when he became the president of the United States, he thought he was, he, he, he thought, like, oh, everyone he talks to now is going to be, like, this expert, like, and it's going to be, they're all going to know everything that they're talking about. And he got in there and he realized, yeah, that's not they're true. just guys. They're, they're just dudes. To, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I just think that uh, I, I just think that some of the clubs right now, like Brentford, teams like that, are are are, are really um, and 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 I think my issue is more with Spain being so slow to 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 kind of catch on to this, and it just feels like I don't know about every club in the Liga, but a lot of them don't really even like like Barcelona have the Barca Innovation Hub. A lot of the data scientists there said that, that there was absolutely nothing, and they were doing some of the top work in the field and they were like they're, but they're not we're not being listened to in terms of signings or anything and uh yeah if it's that bad at barcelona then uh, as you go down the scale i would imagine it's even worse so mm-hmm. that's my my rant over you said i was speaking eloquently and i'll take that but <laughs> i don't believe you either i'm <laughs> sure you were like you made your points clearly and you elaborated when required well done <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we got the, the. You made sentences. They, they were complete sentences with a predicate, a verb, an adjective, and all the grammatical <laughs> standards, Robbie. Just improvement, Jeremy. That's all improvement. There were there were there were phrases that there were sentences that made sense, and that's all we could ask for. <laughs> well, um, the last thing I want to talk to you about today, Robbie, is the column you uh, wrote yesterday for Into the Calderon about the midfield options for Atletico. And this is a problem area for the team um, because a lot of the sides Atletico come up against, the elite sides in the Champions League and even within their own domestic league, they have quick players, right? Faster players, both in terms of thought and in terms of actual physical foot speed. Uh, Atletico can play too slowly and can get caught out for pace in midfield. So you wrote about some of the really young, dynamic midfielders playing in France that Atletico probably aren't going to sign but these are the kind of profiles that Letty should be looking at talk me a little bit more about uh, talk it through a little bit more with your process and what you think at Letty what what is the kind of midfielder at Letty need to find this summer yeah it's, it's not it's not an easy thing to do I mean it, it's the kind of thing that um and for one reason or another I found myself watching a lot of league one this season and I saw a lot of I, I find the level they're re- really good, and there's there's and, and and there's loads of young players. A lot of them out of um, out of uh, Atletico's price range, but a lot of young players coming through. And I know there's a risk involved with buying young players, and um, 
that haven't uh, at 22 and 23 and stuff but at the same time I, I, I watched them enough to be thinking these guys are definitely worth it if you could get them for 10 or 12 or, or 15 million uh, now some of them are already touted as becoming like we saw uh, Tucci Mani, the, the I think that's how you say it uh, mm. he, he being linked to Real Madrid and there, there's another couple of guys there that are already touted as being Real Madrid uh, Bayern Munich Man City ready but then you get so some of the other guys slightly lower down the league, maybe even a little bit younger, haven't got as much on their resume, but who, who do who do plenty. And um, yeah, it's it's not easy to replace a Thomas Party or someone like that. And 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 they're probably the exception rather than than the rule in terms of buying young players and hoping that they turn out. But if you if Atletico are, are pretty set on uh, Jeffrey Condobbia, why not? Um, why not buy one of the players I mentioned in, in, in the piece? And, and it's a machine learning technique called clustering and you, you do it and you use a lot of different metrics and you group them all together and you get which are most similar. So I did that and uh, clustered them and found a group that uh, Bubakar Kamara was in and then I filtered it for players that were below 23 and who had played a specific amount of games. So, and, and I got back a... a, a couple of names that I that I kind of like the look of and, and I had seen uh, Czech Ducore playing a couple of times this season and, and he was really good um, and obviously it would take a lot more work to, to, to go and scout them properly and see what exactly Atletico are looking for but mm-hmm. I just wonder if these guys are available for 10 or, or 15 million euro like why wouldn't Atletico go for them like you know yeah why not um, and it, it seems like the, the club is more interested in players within Spain. Carlos Soler has been kind of tenuously linked, given the chaos that's going on at Valencia right now. Uh, Guido Rodriguez from Betis has also been more prominently linked, with both clubs needing to make uh, a sale, needing to balance the books before June 30th. You can expect some movement there pretty soon. Um, Guido Rodriguez is a player that strikes me as a pretty good fit for this team, but I think the the point of the article is pretty well taken, Robbie, and that Atletico need to get younger and more dynamic and a bit quicker in terms of speed of thought and physical speed, uh, because they 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 the physical capabilities of their midfield last season were the physical capacity was really concerning throughout the season. Atleti were overwhelmed in midfield. The balance was all off, and Atleti really need to reinforce that area of the park this summer and really find more balance and more dynamism, if possible, more versatility, if possible, to more readily switch between a 3-5-2 and a 4-4-2, which is likely what the club's going to do next year or what Simeone's going to do next year. Yeah, and, he, and even if... Uh... Like, if you're spending two and a, two and a half million on, on Vass, why not push the boat out and spend 10 million on a young guy who has sell-on value and who can add competition, intensity, and bring him in and, and then add, add, add a player from the academy too and really kind of... And, and I think the issue maybe in terms of competition for Simeone is that, like, we know that he's not going to play the young guys. When it comes down to it, competi- it's false, it's fake competition for places mm-hmm. because it's, it's not a real competition in terms of we we know who's going to start on the big game in the big games and and if Simeone could inject a little bit of no no look blank slate job here and you fight for your place and that's it. Obviously, the guys with the experience are going to have a, a, an advantage, but at the same time, create a proper healthy competition within the squad and Saul coming back and yeah, I think. Um, it's uh, it's it's something that Atletico really need to look at, and and I think it would help it would help the team. Uh, not 
not only for the entire season, but especially when the when the going gets tough and they need like uh, uh, some fresh legs or a fresh player to come in and, and add something that maybe Kondogbia can't or Koke can't. Or, and uh, yeah, it would give them way more options and, 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 and a more competitive squad with more plugged in players and uh, might help to fix that mentality issue that we spoke about earlier too. Mm-hmm. Younger, hungrier players who haven't been, you know, battle scarred yet, haven't dealt with um, injuries, haven't dealt with fatigue, just me- mental and physical fatigue. And really, the competition exactly, yeah. for places is just immensely important in this squad. And for a lot of last season, the, the meritocracy kind of disappeared, and the standards dropped this year, Robbie, in a way that is pretty concerning uh, relative to other seasons under Simeone, and that has to be addressed this summer or else Atletico are going to be right back here next year, and they may not be fortunate enough to finish third in the end. So they have to get this summer right, and the attitude's got to change. The The competition has to be, it has to heat up, and they need to really fight for a couple of trophies next year. Like, it's it's tough. It's tough in La Liga with how Madrid look. It's tough in the Champions League with the English teams and Bayern and PSG. I get all that, but you, you got to compete much better you got to compete in a way that generates pride and enthusiasm and illusion uh, and we didn't see that really very much this past season no exactly and that's it and we can talk about analysis and all that and but at the end of the day it's just a, a weekly showing up and that's uh, something that let need to fix next season do you have any opinion on the uh <laughs> the Thibaut Courtois stuff from yesterday when the when some enterprising Atleti fans went to the Metropolitano and removed his plaque? Uh, not really. I think the I think the plaque thing is a bit of a funny idea, and maybe not for Courtois because he did play so many times for. But I think it should be a little bit more than a hundred games, um, and that, that's a kind of a side point. But uh, yeah, I, I I actually didn't see what he said. But I, what what did he say then after? He, uh, I don't know if he said anything directly in response to it, but before the Champions League final, he was asked, you know, you played and lost a final for Atletico, you lost to Real Madrid in 2014, and he responded to that by saying, I feel like I'm on the right side of history now. Which, okay, that that's yeah. a comment that, you know, it, it's of course a little provocative, but just, I'm of the inclination to just kind of let that go, like, forget it. Yeah, I, I think, I think that's part and parcel of the whole thing isn't it like i mean opposition fans are going to get that's what a rivalry is and expecting them not to respond is almost like it was like when they saw griezmann it was like like uh, for me it felt like the fans weren't really angry but they were angry in that he, he had, he had uh, betrayed the club but it was kind of like they almost understood it but it was like we have to be angry here and it's the same with the courtois thing i mean Yes, it's definitely provocative, and I think that Courtois is a little bit like that anyway. Mm-hmm, definitely. He, 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 I think he just says whatever he thinks, and, and which is great. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, a little bit of a storm in a teacup, but I, I also understand completely Atletico's, the fans' uh, response to it, and I, I, like the, I like the fact that um, there's a bit of needle there, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it keeps the rivalry hot and humming, you know? I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I'm not really someone to get really blindingly angry at something like that. Like, he's Real Madrid's goalkeeper. He There's an added element to this because he used to play for Atletico. Um, you know, it, that's that's how a rivalry should work. I think it's a sign of a healthy rivalry, honestly. 
Yeah, exactly. And he'd be booed at the next game and, and all that. And Now we'll move but, on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that is about all I've got, uh, Robbie. What do you got, man? Anything else? No, that's about it now. It's time to um, go and make some dinner. Yes. Well, at least for you. For me, it's my day is just getting started, man. I've already had my cup of coffee. It's a little after 10 a.m. here. So for me, it's it's for it's breakfast time. Oh, it's, uh, for me, it's time to have some dinner and, and start to kind of wind down for the night. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm 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 an old man. I go to bed at like no, I don't. I go to bed at like ten, eleven. But uh, wow, you are an old man. Spanish, this, yeah, the Spanish don't go to bed until like like two, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. All, all the like the all the TV shows start at like eleven thirty. Incredible, what and, a country. Uh, yeah, which is just weird for me. Like I'm already. I'm already gone at that stage. Just drool is coming out of your mouth. You're asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Dreaming about a uh, dreaming about Rio winning winning the Champions League. <laughs> uh, come on, let's be a little bit realistic here. Are you? Uh, you're pleased that Ariel is coming back for next season, I assume. Yeah, I thought it was a funny one actually, given the fact that Athletic Bilbao are looking for a manager. Yeah, I think it's a good place for Areola to to continue to grow. Uh, it was, I mean, uh, it is and it isn't a good place for him to grow. The expectations are kind of low. He gets to play a nice style of football with a club that is used to playing a nice uh, attacking brand. I don't know what the investment's going to be like over the summer, but he's probably not ready for the Athletic Club job yet. And I think that while it did feel like a move that made sense. It, um, he's probably thinking he's got loads of time to work for with Athletic Club, and that was not the right time exactly. Mm-hmm. With elections coming up this summer and a little bit of upheaval there, probably, and he's still really young, so it's probably a fair, uh, fair decision, a good choice to stick it out at Rio and see what happens next year. Never a dull moment at that club, to be sure, as as you well know. Exactly, yeah, yeah, so we'll see what happens over the summer. I'm not expecting not too many miracles, but uh, yeah, let's see where they go after a good a good season last season and they did what they achieved their objectives, and uh, yeah, we'll see where we go. Indeed. Well, that just about does it for this edition of Colch Nero Chat. We will be around this summer. We'll be back uh, probably mostly to talk about the big transfer stories or any big news that takes place. We won't be doing weekly stuff like we tried to do throughout the season but thank you all for listening throughout this season and for your continued support um, you can follow our work on it's the calderon.com on social media primarily on twitter and also on patreon at patreon.com slash chat and on spotify as part of the atletico madrid podcast network make sure you subscribe and listen to our shows there we will chat with you all again soon thank you again for listening adios